This is the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers, helping you prioritize your health, happiness and well-being so that you can thrive in the classroom and in life. I'm your host, Ellen Ronalds Keane, reminding you that you're a person first and a teacher second and you are allowed to look after you. Welcome back, everybody. And in this episode, we are speaking with Linda Back from Zest Natural Therapies. Linda works with a lot of teachers, so I felt she was a really great guest to cover this topic because she really does have a good understanding and an appreciation of the kind of work that we do and the demands of working in a school that are, you know, a bit different to other kinds of workplaces and things like not always being able to sit down to have a lunch break and the highs and lows, the busy times of term. She gets that, which is really important. So we talk about all things to do with gut health and the immune system, which is such an important thing. And and I think it's a really timely topic at this time of year as well. Now, obviously, the immune system is just a huge subject area. And so we only really scratch the surface here. And I know that you're all very smart people, but I do need to share a disclaimer here today. This podcast is not medical advice. This is general information only, and you need to speak to your health practitioner to get advice that is right for you. It might be obvious, but it does need to be said. And just as we know the kids in our classes have individual needs, so do we as people, people first, teachers second, we all have individual health needs too. So it's always best to consult your health and medical practitioners, not just self-diagnose or self-treat. We don't want to be doing that. What I find so great about this chat with Linda is that it's really practical and she shares some simple practical tips, but she also has firsthand experience of burnout. So she knows how important it is and she's really got that lived experience as a practitioner, you know, which gives her that extra amount of understanding, which is just great. And I personally have found it so empowering to have more of an understanding of the body and hormones and how the immune system works. And then obviously working with my health practitioners, what goes on in my body specifically, what's right for my body specifically, that has been super empowering for me. So I hope that this episode, you can light that spark for you, find that empowering, and then obviously go and continue to do more research into these topics and work with your health professionals to figure out what works for you as well. It's really powerful and it is just one more tool in the wellbeing toolkit. It's very, very important. And I also do want to just say up front, I highly recommend checking out Linda's free course on immunity. I'll put a link in the description of this episode. It's really worth it. She's going to explain a bit more about that in this episode. Now, just before we get to the interview with Linda, I have a couple of announcements. Number one, if you're in Southeast Queensland, Miranda from Kickstart Martial Arts and Yoga and I are running another PD, a teacher wellbeing workshop in Toowoomba on Saturday, the 29th of June. So head to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash workshop for the details and to book. Spots are limited, so get in quick. Uh, And speaking of events, make sure you keep an eye on the Facebook events list on the Self Care for Teachers Facebook page because I'm running another free online video training on Saturday, the 15th of June at 9am. If you miss it, it will end up in the freebies library for uh, a limited time. So go to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash library to check that out. I'm going to be rotating what's in that freebies library throughout the year. So jump in now and whenever you're listening to it, go and check that out and uh, see what goodies are in there and keep an eye on that Facebook events page on the Self Care for Teachers Facebook page because you'll find out what the coming up events are if you miss this one. 
Uh, I'm also currently in June 2019, currently taking expressions of interest for a new program that I'll be running in term three and four of this year, a new virtual program. So it'll be online, but we'll so you can do it from anywhere in, in uh, the country. And it'll be all about having a better time experiencing and managing and minding your own mind. So Linda and I do touch on decision fatigue a little bit in this episode, and I know that that is something that teachers struggle with. And of course, there's a whole lot of other cognitive demands that impact us as teachers too. Things like, you know, focus versus distraction, or sometimes it's called deep work versus shallow work, and the mental energy required to be on in the classroom all day versus the type of thinking that's required for the planning and marking and reporting tasks that we also have to do. And even just switching off before bed, I know that's something that teachers do struggle with. So anyway, if you're interested in taking part in a pilot program along these lines of managing and minding your mind, send me a PM or a DM on Facebook or Instagram at Self-Care for Teachers and let me know that you're interested. Send me that expression of interest in the mind management program and I will give you some more details. And last but certainly not least, it's the middle of the year and we're nearly at the end of term, which is a time that can often make you feel a bit exhausted and frustrated and just over it. And honestly, that actually is the perfect time to start thinking about what you want to change and how you would like it to be instead, right? So I'm making myself available for some one-off reflect and refocus coaching sessions on the school holidays in you know the June-July school holidays to help you get clear on what you'd like to change in the second half of the year and how you'd like to focus on and support yourself with your health and well-being as a person first and a teacher second. Now, these are one-offs, no ongoing coaching commitment. It's just a time for you to reflect and refocus on you during the school holidays so you can head into term three, better prepared, better able to support yourself. So if you're interested in that, head to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash coaching for more information. And uh, I would love to help you reflect and refocus on you as a person first and a teacher second. Okay, enough from me. On with the episode. Hi, Linda. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks, Ellen. How are you? Great. It's great to have you here. I'm really excited to jump into this conversation with you. Let's start with a bit about you, a bit about your background and uh, how you work with people. Okay, yes. So I've been a naturopath um, and nutritional medicine practitioner and herbalist for seven years now. I'm I'm based in Toowoomba in Queensland. Basically, I got into the profession when my kids were young. I was looking around for something that would actually work in with me with the family. Plus, also, I've always had a keen interest in natural health and I've um, found that it's been exceptionally beneficial for me. And I was quite interested in nutrition as well. So I was looking around for something that I could do that kind of melded those two areas And um, yeah, so I decided to study while my kids were young and um, here I am. And it's great to have you here. Thank you. I know you work with a lot of teachers, particularly around uh, school holiday time. Can you tell us the common things that you see in your practice with the teachers that you work with? Yes, sure. Um, So yes, I do have quite a few teacher patients. Plus also I've got quite a few people that are say teacher aides or working in that support kind of role. So the main thing that I would say that's a common theme amongst teachers and and that kind of support staff is definitely that burnout factor. I find that particularly towards the end of term, 
I've had a lot, quite a lot of teachers come in and, and they're very tired and they're very burnt out. And they also tend to find when they get to that point, that they're actually catching lots of colds and flus and different infections and things that are going around at the schools. They tend to find that they just catch those really easily and then they're just not getting over them. Yes, and kids are always very generous with coming up and sneezing in your face. <laughs> yes, I've, I've heard quite a lot of tales of um, kids getting overly friendly with their germs. Oh, they certainly do, yeah. And so when you work with teachers, can you tell us a little bit about how you support them? Yeah, sure. So when I first meet a, a client, whether they're coming in for, um, whether they're a teacher or just a general member of the public, I basically go through and I talk to them about, you know, what their lifestyle's like, any kinds of big stresses that they've had in their life, the kinds of foods that they're eating, whether they're sleeping well, whether they are taking anything at the moment, whether they're on any medications, things like that. And I just get a general feel for what's going on with them and which areas that we might need to to work on. Um, and then basically what I do is formulate a treatment plan for them that involves, you know, if, if the food it hasn't been all that great, you know, maybe they grab it on the run, then we look at different swaps that we can do that will actually give them better nutrition and help keep their energy up. And then we also yeah, just look at whether we need to add in some herbs and nutrients and things to help just get them to be able to rebuild their vitality. Yeah. And in terms of that vitality and particularly towards the end of term, do you have some common tips that you you tend to share with people? I know that building up people's immune system is something that you, you do quite a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah, look, definitely one of the things that I would probably like to emphasize with with both stress and also with immunity is a lot of the times we have to get back to uh, what's going on with the gut health. Um, so that's an area that we definitely look at, you know, what kinds of foods people are eating for to actually help build up their population of good gut bacteria because, as we know, 70% of our immune system is actually located in our gut. And when thing, yeah, so when things aren't quite right there, then that can then influence how they're feeling energy-wise, stress-wise, mentally, and also that immune system factor. Yeah. And what kind of things can upset the gut? Like obviously antibiotics is a really, really big one, but then just daily life, what should we be looking out for if we think we have maybe got some kind of gut upsets? Yeah, sure. So if you're having um, bloating, uh, constipation, diarrhea, those kinds of things, that's generally an obvious sign uh, that things are, are not quite right there. But often people do still have gut issues, even if they're not aware of it. So stress is a huge, huge impact on our gut. So it really does actually change what's going on in our gut um, and how well our gut bacteria are actually able to flourish and grow. And also certain types of gut bacteria like to eat sugars and, you know, those junky kinds of foods that can actually then be detrimental to what's actually going on in your gut. So if we look at it a little bit like a garden, you know, we can either grow flowers, which is our nice good gut bacteria that helps us to be healthy and helps us to have a great resiliency, or we can grow weeds. And a lot of that can actually be determined by what we're doing with our with our food. So whether we're eating nice fresh stuff or whether we're eating predominantly junk food on the run, whether we're chewing our food as well. So, you know, often I think when we're busy, we tend to eat at our desk or we tend to not chew properly um, and our stomach doesn't have teeth. So, you know, that, that whole digestive process is then impacted as well and that can just create problems further down. I really like that metaphor of the garden and of the, you know, growing the flowers or the weeds because, you know, obviously we know in a garden it needs a number of different things to flourish. You know, you need the right amount of sunlight but not too much for certain plants. You need water, obviously. Hydration is very important. 
and you need the soil to be good as well. And then sometimes you need some fertilizer or something extra, right? And um, I really like that because then also sometimes, you know, at the moment we're in a bit of a drought and so like my backyard is looking pretty barren, but what seems to be doing okay is the wheat. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Even though it's in pretty harsh conditions. And so I'm assuming that that means that when we, we sort of apply that metaphor to our gut health, in the best of times, we've got the right sunlight, water, soil, whatever, and everything's flourishing. Life isn't always the best of times. And so then sometimes we might need a little bit of fertilizer. What would you suggest to that? And sometimes a bit of a weeding as well. <laughs> true, true, yes. So can you maybe share a little bit how, you know, obviously this is general uh, advice and, and everyone needs to go and get their own individual advice. This is not to replace the role of your own individual healthcare practitioners. But I know that my listeners know that. <laughs> yes. And so what would be some top tips that you would perhaps commonly recommend for somebody who's got gut challenges and particularly is seeing some immune system challenges possibly because of that? Yep, yep. So the first step is always to look at what's going into your mouth. So there are certain foods that we know are quite good for growing those flowers in our gut. So even things like green tea can be quite beneficial for your gut health, your green leafy veggies, those kinds of things. Your good gut bacteria really love those and then they're giving you some extra nutrients as well. Certainly taking a probiotic is something that I recommend to most of my clients and when it comes to those, they are a little bit like that fertiliser that you were talking about before. They actually, when we put them in, they actually help all the other good species to grow and then, you know, different strains can actually be like a different type of fertiliser and they will do different things. So we've got certain probiotics that can be quite good for, say, building that immune system up but then we've also got some that are quite good for helping with eczema. We've got some that are quite good at actually doing that weeding process that I was talking about you know and then we've got sort of our general strains as well that just help to keep us healthy and stop us getting sick so much. Yeah and for teachers who often on the run during especially during the day lunchtime I think is the one where you know lots of things can happen at lunchtime if you're on playground duty or there's been some kind of accident in the playground or a kid's turned up at your staff room door and you don't really get to stop and sit down lunch. What do you recommend to teachers in that situation? What kind of foods could they be packing for lunch that is going to be conducive to still looking after their gut flora, even though they may not be getting the chance to have a proper sit down 30 minutes, you know, at the table uninterrupted? (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that I've heard quite a lot of times as well. Yeah. Look, I'd be going for a smoothie in that kind of situation. And I'd be, I'd be recommending that you know, maybe making that breakfast be a more of a main meal in the morning. So starting off with something substantial that'll actually give you energy to go through the day. So something like some eggs or an omelette or something like that that's got that bit of body and that good bit of staying power. And then maybe packing a smoothie. So, you know, you can just toss that down. It's pretty quick. It's going to keep you hydrated. And there's lots that you can actually do with that. I mean, you can pop in something like your almond milk, pop in a bit of protein so that it keeps you full and gives you that stamina. You can pop some berries in it and that's then going to give you a good little energy burst plus berries are fantastic for your gut health as well and then you can actually open up your probiotic capsule and pop that in to your smoothie as well yeah yeah so it's a really easy way to hide it and then you don't have to worry about it if you've forgotten it later so um, something like that that you can just that's really quick to grab possibly making it up at home and then taking it in to work but then you've got that there and that's you know a nice substantial lunch you know during the week yeah, and something easy to take with you out on playground duty because you can still you know, have that. 
or even, I mean, theoretically, even in the classroom, I know that a lot of classrooms are, you know, they say you can't have hot drinks in the classroom in case somebody gets spilled and scalded, and, but I think a smoothie is probably okay. And then the other thing I have seen people do is they prepare all their smoothie ingredients at the start of the week and put them in little baggies and then pop them in the freezer so they don't actually have to prep anything. No. And they just chuck it in the blender, you know, of the morning. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Or some staff rooms have one of those bullet blenders so you can even do it at work. <laughs> and do it at work, that's it. And you know what, I think if the kids that are in the playground or in the, in the classroom actually see that as well, I think that's probably also a good thing for teaching them a little bit about food. You know, I think that's something that's a bit of a problem these days is um, getting our kids to eat a bit healthier. So leading by example, you know, is always going to be a good thing as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's really um, valuable because that lunchtime meal is often the one that teachers tell me is the struggle because it's the one that you don't always control your time. So I think, think smoothies is a great option there. Are there any other main tips that you would give for people with their diet in particular that perhaps things that they should try and avoid, particularly at the end of term time when, when the immune system is already really low? Yep, yep. So look, definitely when you're tired and you're worn out, that does tend to be the times when, you know, as we know, our food quality is not the best. (laughs) So, you know, maybe making sure that earlier in the term that there's maybe a little bit of meal prepping done. So making up some meals that you can just grab, defrost, it just heat up really, really quickly so that when you are getting to that tired time, you've got something there rather than just grabbing something on the way home from work or, you know, and look, I know that even with myself, that's something that I have to always watch out for is having something ready to go, a quick meal. You know, you can always do quick things as well, like fish and salad, where you can actually make up a salad, you know, that'll last you two or three days in the fridge and you just pop it in and maybe pop something a little bit different on the top and seafood's quite quick and easy. Yeah, making up frittatas as well. So, you know, like a, a 10 or 12 servings of you know, you just pop all your eggs and your veggies and a bit of flavouring in there, you know, some onion powder or something like that, pop that in the oven and that's a nice quick, you know, you just slice it up and you can have it hot or cold. So those kinds of things can be really good. Just that bit of preparation, I think, is the way to go with that. Yeah, and the thing that I have found with meal prep is that I suppose unexpected benefit for me has been just the taking out, like teachers make so many decisions every day and, you know, we get decision fatigue and by the time it gets to 5, 5.30 and it's coming around to what am I going to have for dinner time, you run actually run out, I have found, run out of the, the willpower sort of thing to make a decision that is, especially when you're tired, especially when you're like, oh, I've still got marking to do tonight or something. So, you know, it's got to be quick and you want to reach for the convenience food or the takeaway because you can't make any other decisions. Your brain's just full. And, so the thing that's really helped me is just to know that I've got a couple of meals in the freezer that I can just defrost if I need to. And often that means it's actually quicker than takeaway because you don't you just get home and put it straight in the microwave or whatever. You don't actually have to um, wait for the, for the takeaway. Exactly. Yeah, just reducing that decision fatigue has been really powerful. Of course, it does mean a bit of planning ahead of time, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So in your life, Linda, I'd love to know what well-being looks like in your life. How do you take care of yourself on a day-to-day with a you know a full life full of family and, and a practice as well that you're managing? Yep. So I have found that uh, self-care is something that really doesn't come naturally to me. I've really had to learn the hard way that I have to actually make myself a priority. So that's been a long learning curve and I actually got quite burnt out 
uh, would have been nearly two years ago now, 2017. So at the time, we actually have twin boys and they're now 19, but during 2017 was actually grade 12. So as teachers know, hugely busy year. We had two of them. Yeah, plus we're also uh, coordinating. Uh, one of my sons has a long-term girlfriend and she was a boarder at, at our school. And so we were picking her up and she was spending weekends with us and, and whatnot. So that was a really, really busy time and we had a, a few other things happen. Uh, one of my sons had a health challenge and, and nearly died and we had some issues with my husband's business and whatnot. And, yeah, I basically hit burnout. And what that looked like for me was I was putting on a, a pretty, I guess, stoic face during the week when I was working with people. But um, in between clients, I was actually just going and lying down. I just really couldn't handle doing anything else. So I really made a decision that I needed to look after myself a lot better because at the end of the day, if people are coming to me for help and I'm burnt out, then I'm of no use to them. So I had gone from somebody that had been quite keen on, you know, your high energy gym classes, so things like pump classes and, um, you know, I played soccer for years and I just couldn't face any of that. So I actually got into yoga which I'd always kind of thought was a little bit of a soft option when it came to doing exercise, but it was the only thing that I could face. And it's what's brought me back. That plus just making sure that I actually factor it in and making the time to eat properly, going easy on the alcohol. You know, that's something that a lot of people tend to reach for when they're busy to unwind. That's it. Yeah. So um, I'm human. I, I do, do that myself. So just being conscious of those kinds of things. And also for me, just taking what I need as far as supplements go. So I tend to find that I need magnesium quite a lot. Uh, so I tend to be on that most of the year and I find that really, really effective. But yeah, just making it a priority is the big thing for me. So this morning I um, I actually had quite a bit to do this morning and I thought, oh, maybe I should just skip the gym. And then I thought, no, I'll go to yoga. So for me, it's still a constant battle that, you know, one part of my brain says, oh, no, we need to get all this stuff done. And then the other side of my brain goes, no slow down, go and do it. And then you've got the time to, you know, and the energy to do those other things. So yeah, just making it a priority, I think is absolutely crucial. Yeah. And it's so true because our to-do lists are, you know, never ending. And we're just so trained in this society that, to think that, that getting that, you know, that efficiency, peak efficiency, productivity is the be all end all. But, but as you said, is what's that saying? Stitch in time saves nine. Like, if you just do the smaller daily things that, yes, take a little bit of time away from the to-do list today, but it's just for your health, it maintains your ability to be able to keep up. To keep, that's it, that's right, yes, yeah, that's it, absolutely. And I think the issue of burnout is something that does affect caring professionals, possibly more than other types of professionals. Definitely, I agree. Teaching and anybody working in one-on-one -on -one client situations, it's that giving you're there to be giving and then who's giving back to us? Well, if we're not doing that ourselves, sometimes nobody. <laughs> that's it. That's right. <laughs> and you can only do that for so long. <laughs> absolutely. Now, can we talk briefly about supplements? Is that all right? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you mentioned magnesium and I know that one that works really well for me is zinc. I know that as soon as I start to feel a bit run down, if I start to take some zinc, it just does seem to really make a difference for me. That seems to be the one that hits the spot for me. What are the supplements? Obviously, zinc and magnesium are too, but I know that that's something that you have talked about with the quality of supplements and also the you know storage and that sort of thing. The supplements that can look after us for our immunity, in particular, like particularly that end of term time or in the winter when there's you know colds and flus going around. What do you commonly recommend for people? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now everybody is different, but on the whole, 
I do find that most people are in need of magnesium, particularly if they are in a very stressful or high demand kind of job. The thing with magnesium supplements, a lot of people know that they should be taking it or they, they need it, but we can go back to that quality issue. A lot of the common supplements aren't actually very absorbable by the body. So it's really important that you should get ones that they're actually going to go in and get absorbed and not just go straight through you because that's when you're just wasting your time and wasting your money. I definitely use quite a lot of zinc as well. So zinc is absolutely fantastic for actually giving your immune system weapons. So it makes your immune system stronger and it is also something that most people don't get. So, you know, it's just so useful for so many body processes. It's great for skin. It's great for the immune system. It's also even involved in mental health and things like that. So it's really phenomenal uh, little nutrient. I also find B vitamins very useful as well. So when we've got a lot on our plate, we actually have a higher demand for things like magnesium and also those B vitamins. And we're actually chewing through them at a greater rate than we would if we weren't, weren't stressed. So often people, even if they are eating well, they do benefit from that, that extra top up of the B vitamins just for energy and stress management. And the other thing I will say that a lot of people need is iodine. So particularly in our area, we're inland a little bit. So we don't actually, not always eating fish, I find here. And iodine is, is found predominantly in seafood and we need that for a healthy thyroid gland. So that actually impacts our stress and things like that as well. Yeah, definitely. And of course, with iodine, it's always important to get tested, isn't it? Because I know that with iodine, if you have too much, it can also throw your thyroid out too. So you want to make sure that you're getting that individualized support. Please don't you. just go and get iodine and, and just chug it down because no, it can be, can be dangerous if you overdo it. Yeah. And as with anything, right? I mean, if you put too much fertilizer on the garden, it becomes detrimental yep. Detrimental to the garden. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. So obviously recommendation is, and I always say this to people as well, like self-care of any kind, it's just like the kids in our classroom all have different learning needs. Everybody needs a differentiated, you know, well-being plan. And it's also going to change from term to term or year to year or different phases of life. As you said, that when your boys are in grade 12, all of a sudden, the demands on you had changed. And it's very easy, I think, for us to beat ourselves up and say, oh, my, but I used to be able to handle this. Is something that teachers say to me quite a lot, like especially the maybe fourth, fifth year teacher. And they say, well, yeah, but when I was in my first and second year, I could just go, go, go. I could just do it. And of course, if you've gone off on maternity leave and come back or had any other kind of change, or even maybe you're a veteran teacher, but you've changed school and that's a whole new kettle of fish. And all of a sudden you know, your needs are different. So I think we've got to continually check back in with ourselves and check back in with our practitioners to make sure that we're getting the individualized support that we actually need. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. Well, do you have any final tips before we get into how people can work with you and stuff? I would say as far as stress management goes, don't discount herbs. So we've talked a little bit about nutrients, but um, I also use quite a lot of herbs in my clinic, um, particularly for people that are, are in that burnout stage. So we've got some really, really useful things. They work exceptionally well, I found. So for people that are feeling really flat and tired because they've had a lot of stress going on, we've got some lovely things like withania, Siberian ginseng fantastic. So I use quite a lot of those in my clinic to help pe bring people's energy back up. And there are also some wonderful ones for the immune system as well. So we've got things like astragalus. So you can usually get these over the counter in health food stores. But then again, it's, it's also good, like you said, to actually just get an individualized approach on that. But they can be exceptionally useful and they're very, very safe. So those can be quite useful as well for actually, you know, using that as an adjunct 
to eating well, looking after that self-care and then any nutrients that you need, but also the herbs can actually be what kind of binds all that together and then actually makes the difference. So yeah, so I find them incredibly useful in my clinic and I love them. They're fantastic. Yeah, that's good advice. And I, and I think, you know, obviously it's lovely to be able to do all of these things, but you know, if you just have to start somewhere and, and you maybe got your diet under control, Obviously, that's number one because that's going to be the main thing, as you said, what you're putting in your mouth. And then once that's going, you know, you add the next one and you add the next one. Exactly. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, one habit at a time. Well, that's wonderful, Linda. Um, Thank you so much. Obviously, your professional expertise, but you've also got some personal experience of what that feels like when burnout is a factor in life. And I always find that very important because I think that it can be easy to not so much not have empathy, but you just have a much greater level of it when you've been through something like that, I think. And and I'm sure that that's benefited your clients as well. And I know you have a little immune, uh, a bit about the immune system course, so what people can do to support themselves. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So I've got a free e-course. So it's called Kickstart Your Immunity. So it's actually freely available on my website or if you'd like to um, just get in touch with me, I'm happy to send you the link. I'll put a link in the show notes for this episode. Wonderful. Yeah. So it's just basically just a, it's all online. It's just a series of videos. So you can pause them, you can get up and go and have a cup of tea in the middle of them, come back to them. And there are some PDF downloads as well that go with that. So some cheat sheets. And it's just all about some steps that you can take to just work on the underlying causes of why you're getting sick. It is particularly good for people that are just getting one cold and flu after another and and never feeling well. And that's what I've designed it to do, just to help give people a bit of guidance as to what they can actually do to help build their immune system up. It's a good idea to actually start on that before cold and flu season really hits because the immune system does take a little while to actually build up. So, But you can use it any time of the year as well. Yeah, but so now is a great time to start. And I've actually printed out some of those cheat sheets with the, you know, list of foods where you can find different nutrients in the lists of foods. So that's really useful. I'm going to put that in my pantry so that I can refer to that easily. And then where can people find you online? I'll um, obviously share links in the show notes to that, but, you know, social media, where can people connect with you? Yep, sure. So I have uh, quite a a large mammoth website. Um, So I've got quite a lot of uh, info on there. So if there's a topic that you're particularly interested in outside of what we've talked about, just jump onto my website. So that's zestnaturaltherapies.com.au. I think I've got over 90 articles on there at the moment. So there's all sorts of different things. If there's a topic that you're particularly interested in, let me know, shoot me through an email. So that's linda at zestnaturaltherapies.com.au and I'll see what I can find for you or or I'll write something. And um, I'm also quite active on Facebook as well. So that's just Zest Natural Therapies. Linda Back Naturopath is my my tag there. Yep, excellent. And I will link all of that in the show notes for everybody. And you work with people obviously in person in Toowoomba, but you also do Zoom calls as well, don't you? So people, you can work virtually. Yep, Australia-wide. Yep. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. It's been really valuable and I think just a really great time to jump into this boosting our immune system. So thank you very much for your time, Linda. Not a problem. Thank you. And we'll talk again soon. Okay. Thanks, Ellen. Me again, just popping in with a little reminder If you are in Southeast Queensland, remember to go to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash workshop to book in for the teacher wellbeing workshop in Toowoomba that I'm running with Miranda on the 29th of June. Get in quick, spots are limited. And also remember if you are interested in these reflect and refocus coaching sessions, they're one-off sessions at the end of term during the June, July school holidays, 
time for you to pause, reflect on what's going on. The best time to do that is when you are tired and grumpy and frustrated with how things are. All the things that you want to change are usually fresh in your mind then. So head on over to selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash coaching and book in for your one-off reflect and refocus coaching session so that we can help you support yourself as a person first and a teacher second heading into the rest of the year. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast brought to you by Self-Care for Teachers. If you've enjoyed it, go ahead and subscribe in your chosen podcast player so you don't miss an episode. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts or Spotify, hit the three dots, share it to your Facebook or Instagram stories and let your friends know that you're listening. And if something in this episode made you think about a teacher that you care about and you think they need to hear it, send it to them now. Let's spread the message of teacher well-being and together we can create thriving school communities. Show notes for the podcast can be found at www.selfcareforteachers.com.au forward slash podcast. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram using the handle at selfcareforteachers. Season five of the Teacher Wellbeing Podcast is proudly supported by Katrina Burke Coaching, Teachers Thriving, Zoe from My Smart Community, Jessica from Lead and Inspire, and Katie from See Me, Know Me, Teach Me. As always, remember you're a person first and a teacher second, and you are worthy of your own care.